Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Numbers chapter 26, find verse 6. 25, pardon me, Numbers 25, verse 6. Just then, one of the Israelite men brought a Midianite woman, reading from the New Living Translation, brought a Midianite woman into his tent right before the eyes of Moses and all the people as everyone was weeping at the entrance of the tabernacle. When Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the grandson of Aaron, the priests, saw this, he jumped up, left the assembly, took a spear, and rushed after the man into the tent. Phinehas thrust the spear all the way through the man's body into the woman's stomach so that the plague against the Israelites was stopped but not before 24,000 had died. Verse 10. The Lord said to Moses, Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the grandson of Aaron, the priest, has turned my anger away from the Israelites by being zealous, as zealous among them as I am. Fascinating. By being as zealous among them as I was. Pardon me. So I stopped destroying all of Israel as I had intended to do in my zealous anger. Now tell him I am making my special covenant of peace with him. In this covenant, I shall give him and his descendants a permanent right to the priesthood. For in his zeal for me, his God, he purified the people of Israel, making them right with me or making atonement for them. As another version says, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what you've done already. Speak to us. Come on, ask God to speak to you. Speak to us tonight. Give us living understanding and may the effects of this service be far reaching even to eternity in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Look to the person next to you and say, oh, God is good. I, um, sleep. Thank you. It's all good. Awesome. Thank you. My brother, Chris, my brother, Chris is grieving tonight. He had friends that were killed in an accident head on in Los Angeles. And we're praying for you, bro. And for their whole family to be healed. Anybody else hurting? You're just grieving tonight. May God help you, may God heal you, may God strengthen you. In, in Hawaii, there's a term called hang loose, and it comes with what they call the shaka. And actually, it, it, it originated from a, like a political slogan. Uh, and then it just spread. And you see all over, not just in Hawaii or Polynesia, but you see all over the world, people are like, it's a way of saying hi. Uh, and it used to say, but hang loose, bro. Hang loose. You don't really see that, hear that term anymore. It's kind of a surfing term used in the 70s and 80s. And 
Chillax is a term that's used uh, now. Uh, chillax, that's like relax and chill. I remember chill. Do you all remember chill? Why don't you chill? Why don't you chill out? I remember uh, uh, years ago, Hannah, my, my beautiful daughter, who will be with us uh, in December and at the grand opening, provided that we receive our certificate of occupancy grand opening on December 11th. And uh, so she'll be here. She told me uh, in her teen years, she said, you know, dad, you have like no chill at all. And it was, you know, kind of constructive criticism where she's like, you know, you should just like relax a little bit. And uh, I, I know how to relax. But mostly, mostly I'm, I'm intense. It's a gift. I, I need to learn to curb it and uh, I'm, God's helping me. But the closer I get to God, the, the, the more I learn about his word, the more he comes upon me, the more intense I get. There is a, I don't know, it's a zeal for the house of the Lord. There's just something about when you know what the right thing is, you want to see it done when you know what God's will is. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know what God's will is. You stand on that and decree it and proclaim it. You don't back off. It's the zeal of the house of the Lord consumed him talking about Jesus. And so this, this term chillax or relax or chill, I think it can be good. I think it can be good. I think it can also be bad. And I think it can be bad where you just chill and don't fight against the cultural demonic mores that have been displayed. You, you don't fight against that, which is, well, it's exactly what happened in the text. The Midianites, they're all, they're, they're, they have this massive orgy and, and, and Israel partakes. That's what's happening in the world. Yeah, and, and it's a tragedy in that when the church get so seduced and they just, everything needs to be chill. Just can't you relax? No, I'm not going to relax. There's people going to hell. <laughs> Amen. So I, I think that, you know, my wife helps me and my daughter helps me. And I have other people say, you know, you should just maybe take a breath right now. Anybody, you know, anybody else like that? <laughs> All three of you. How comforting. Praise God. Well, It's tragedy, it's a great tragedy when people conform to the culture and they just chill. It's a slippery slope that you end up going deeper and deeper and deeper into the lie, into perversion, deeper and deeper and deeper into the muck and the mire of a demonic quagmire of filth that just wants to suck you in and destroy your life. And that's what happened that's what happened to Israel. And uh, I've, I've seen that. I've seen the effects of uh, the berating of our culture just to relax. I mean, 30 years ago, you wouldn't be wearing jeans in the pulpit right now. You wouldn't be preaching with jeans. I'm, I'm enjoying jeans right now. I was going to wear ones with all kinds of holes just for fun, but I decided not to.
I think it's okay to be in, you know, I mean, I, fashion and different things like that, but you don't want to be so in that you're out with God, so you have to watch that. And I've shared recently about Instagram and how the Lord said, yeah, you, you, know, you're, you know eventually you're going to get defiled. I'm like, yes. He said, but you still go there. So then I, you start, and I've had discussions with the Lord about it, but, you know, the weight of, of influencing for the kingdom, that, that outweighs that, Right? The, the, weight of, the weight of receiving from great preachers and prophets and worship on Instagram and reels. I mean, I've got, has anybody else gotten touched by a Holy Spirit filled reel? I have. I'm like, woo, can just feel the Spirit of God like a rush coming off of my phone. Yeah. And there's also the sucking sound of the sewer that wants to pull you into it. And so I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, you're done with reels. So I gave it up for a little bit, and then I felt like, you know, well, he just meant for a little bit. And then I was in a meeting uh, probably about a month ago with Tiff Shuttlesworth. We could look at what the date is. I got, he preached fire. He, I mean, it was a fire of God, and I was so convicted in the Eagle River. And I just said, that's it. And I just deleted my, I deleted my abs. And sometimes I still post things to, well, I do a daily program and I'm posting to Facebook and all that. But I, and I have, I have Twitter now that it's been redeemed. <laughs> I hope. There is a great pressure to succumb to or conform to this culture of sex as recreational, as covenant-breaking, defilement. I refuse to do that. I won't do that. I met with somebody not long ago, and they began to talk to me about statistics, about how many pastors are leaving the ministry. 1,400 a day is one statistic. I don't know if it's true. I, I heard this, it sounds a little extra, but I do know in my limited view, I see many pastors, I've seen many destroyed, many. Can I tell you something? You're, you're gonna get offended, but it won't be the first time in the service that happens. I, I just, for me, I've noticed this. This is my own personal observation. I've seen pastors that listen to secular music all the time. And the ones I've seen that listen to secular, like you get in their car and they're, they're rocking out to, you know, some secular thing or even, even country music. Listen, there's some great Christian country music, but I've just noticed, I've noticed in, in my limited time, 25 years, pastoring for 22, something like that, 25 years serving God, the people that listen to secular music backslide. I, I don't know any that haven't, but that's just my view. Let's all praise the Lord for just a second. Come on. Hey. Garbage in, garbage out. All right. Let's look at this text. Uh, to get the full context of the text, you need to read chapter 22 to 25. And uh, in that context, you'll find that, that, that Israel has received great victory and they're on the way to the promised land. They've wandered around for nearly 40 years and they're about to go in 
and they're about to move into their brand new building. They're closing in. And they are on the very edge of that and they, they end up in a total train wreck. 24,000 people getting killed because they, they compromised. They had defeated the Amorites. The Moabites are filled with fear. This is a, this is a text where uh, Balaam and Balak. Balak, the king, hires a false prophet. You know the text that the, the donkey spoke to the prophet? That, that, that's this whole section, this whole story. You know, just because God used you to speak to somebody, you still might be a donkey. Amen. You missed a great place to say amen. You don't want to get all prideful that God used you. Stay humble. He used, he'll use anything. But you are special. You are significant. It's just that sometimes when the Lord uses us, we start thinking that we're more special than we are, and then God has to humble you, and the whole cycle begins again. Moabites are filled with fear. Balaam is hired basically to curse Israel. And he would talk to God. God would speak to him like Moses. It's really quite fascinating. And yet when Balaam goes to curse them, he can't. So he's getting paid to curse them. But he gets up there and he's like, goes to bring down a curse. And the Lord turns his words and releases a blessing. And you can read this. It's so powerful it's uh, Numbers, uh, pardon me, Proverbs, Pastor Karen, an undeserved curse, Proverbs 28, 26, 29. It's in there. It's in the Bible. <laughs> Proverbs 29, I think it is, verse 6. Like an undeserved curse, so a darting swallow returns to it, as a, as a darting swallow returns to its nest, an undeserved curse returns to its center. I don't ever worry about witchcraft. I feel bad for the witches. I don't ever worry about any of that. I don't. Are there witches? Are there curses? Yes. Yes. And, and we are, by the grace of God, as we live for God, humbly walking before him as best we can, repenting on a daily basis, we are spiritually Teflon. No stick. Can't stick. Can't stick this. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it, there's no curse that's going to come upon us. But you have to live in step, in communion, in covenant with God. You're living in covenant with God, then you don't have to worry about a curse. Come on, say that. If I'm living in covenant with God, then I don't have to worry about a curse. Did you find it? Thanks. Proverbs 26, 2. Thank you, Susan. Like a flitting, flitting, F-L-I-T-T-I-N-G. Like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without cause shall not alight. New King James Version shall not come to rest on you. Notice it says without cause because there are curses that have cause. If there's a cause, if you could be cursed, and you, then, then, then it'll work. So how, how, do I, how do I end up cursed? Well, just do what they did. You see, because Balaam tried to curse him and he couldn't. And so God turns his words and it's so powerful. He blessed them three times. And he rise like a lioness. I wonder that one, I think it's the third, the third time he speaks over them. 
There's no curse. There's no divination in Israel. They'll rise like a lioness, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, and, and drink the blood of their victims. I mean, it's the most intense Old Testament zealous scripture. It's, it's, you can't stop them. You can't stop God. You cannot stop God. Rabbit trail, since you don't have notes. Uh, Acts chapter 5 and verse 39. Acts chapter 5, verse 39. Go there for a moment. The book of Acts. It's 814 and there's nothing on Netflix. And I am not going to preach long. Unless... Of course, if I do. Okay. Acts 5, go down into the 20s, 27. Okay. Okay, all right. I'm going to take it from here. Acts 27, the apostles were brought in, New International Version, were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. Verse 28, we gave you strict orders not to teach in his name, in this name. Yet, he said, you have filled Jerusalem with your, with the, your teaching and you're determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Now, they had most of that right except for the end. That was not their, their, their purpose to make them guilty. Everyone's guilty of his blood. I said everyone's guilty of his blood. But they gave strict orders not to teach and preach in his name. And yet they did it. You know why? Because Peter's going to tell him exactly why. And it's the same reason I'm never going to close. And it's the same reason I'll always preach against abortion, same-sex marriage. The same. I can't help myself. It's against my religion to do anything else. That is what we're going to do. We will never stop. No matter who says it, they can tell you to take the Bible away. Tough. I can't. It's in my heart for starters. And it's against my religion not to read, declare, preach, pray the word. Can't, can't stop. Come on, somebody say, I can't stop. So there are laws that can be made to try to stop the church, to try to stop you. And, and it's just, here's the fact. Those are laws that are all right before the Lord to break. You guys are looking at me like I'm a heretic right now. I'm never going to perform a same-sex marriage. I can't do it. What if you go to jail? It will cause the church to grow, apparently. I... <laughs> Peter and the apostles replied, we, we must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior. Are you all there with me? That he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We're witnesses of these things. And so the Holy Spirit whom God has given us has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, listen closely, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. That's always what happens when you're frustrated and you can't discuss things or maybe you're convicted. It's what the mob does. They just try to tear it down, kill it, cancel it. You missed a great place to say Amen. When you, you, you lose, there's, people always resort to violence when they can't intelligently discuss things and debate things. 
We're spiritually violent, not physically violent. So, we wanted to put them to death, verse 34. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, 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 pardon me, teacher of the law who was honored by all the people stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed the Sanhedrin. Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Thaddeus appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, and all his followers were dispersed. And it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census. He led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and all his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it's from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. This is revelation to me tonight. And it was revelation to me a few days ago when he gave it to me. When I was praying, concerned about many things, the Lord said, I'm fighting, I'm fighting now. Those that fight with me will lose. But you can't fight God. You just, how are you going to fight God? How do you do that? It's a bad idea. And so that's what the case is with this text. They're trying to curse, but they're, they're blessed of God. And so they're basically Teflon. You can't curse what God has blessed. Come on, I want you to say that. You can't curse what God has blessed. But some of you don't understand that there, there, is, there is a covenant relationship and you must take care of your part of the deal. God won't make you go to church. He won't make you tithe. He won't make you obey. He won't make you pray. He won't make you do the things that you're supposed to do. But if you will do them, if you will live for God in holiness and purity, if you will seek first his kingdom, come on somebody, if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, then he adds all things and there's not one witch, no matter how pointy your head is, I don't care how big her broom is that she rides on. Nothing can stop God except you. Jesus talks about that. He said that you nullify the word of God. Think about that. God's word, let there be light. Light didn't have a choice. No, you do though. Why? Because you're made in God's image. Please catch this. You're made in God's image. And so when God speaks to inanimate things, they happen. He creates. He spins off universes with a word. He made you and me. He made man in the garden and he breathed life into him. Made in the image of God. Made in the image and likeness of God. Profound. You are so significant in the, in the picture and the economy of God. Please hear me. You're so significant in the economy of God that you're the only one that can shut down light. Let me just say it that way. You're the only one that can unplug the word of God. Through what? Through vain tradition? Through tradition, Jesus says? In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8, I believe, don't let anyone spoil you through vain tradition, through the rudiments of the world, through philosophy. Philosophy. Well, the way I see it, who cares how you see it, Bubba? Who cares? Philosophy. 
People, come on, philosophy is the way I see it. That, if you're gonna take philosophy and boil it down, what does that mean? It means it's the way they see it. It really doesn't matter how people see it. You know what matters? God's perspective and what God says is right, what God says is wrong. And if you'll align your life with the truth of God's word, if you will align your life with the word, you will be impenetrable, unstoppable force for the kingdom of God. If you get seduced into the world, you in trouble. And then you can be cursed. Let's have another praise break. Feels kind of intense in here. Come on. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost just touching and helping people from Barrow all the way to Ketchikan. So this is the case in the Old Testament. It's certainly the case in the New. But if God, if your covenant with God is broken, there are covenant-breaking spirits. They work very hard in marriage. The enemy hates your marriage. Works everything you can do to get it. He, he works very hard to get you offended at pastors and leaders and, pa- and churches. So you won't go. So you won't hear a message like this. So then, you, then, then you're, you're, you're out there and you're like, yeah, well. And then sooner or later you start getting weird. <laughs> Come on, somebody say, Whoa. In Numbers 31, verse 16, let me read it to you. So Balaam knew this. He knew that, wow, we just need to get them to break the deal with God. We need, we, we need to get them out from under the covering of God. We need to get that Teflon off them. We need to get them over. They need to just, if they could just break covenant with God, then we can curse them. Actually, we won't need to. They'll curse themselves. And so he gives them advice, and he's seen really as an evil man in the book of Revelation. You can read about him. There are still people who are like Balaam. There are ones who followed Balaam's advice. Numbers 31, 16. They enticed the Israelites to be unfaithful to the Lord in the Peor incident. The plague that struck the Lord's people. Literally, because of his greed, this false prophet taught the king of Moab how to get the people to chill. Lax. How to chillax, how to just relax. Everybody's doing it, what's the big deal? And in that, a plague broke out. There's a plague. There's a plague right now, you all know that there's a plague happening right now. There's an epidemic of, of opioids. There's a, there's a plague, there's a plague of fentanyl being pumped into this nation by China through all of our borders. There's, there is a plague. But I believe that God is raising up a church. I believe that God is raising up a people. I believe that God is raising up those with zeal, like, even like Phineas, to stop the plague. And I do not mean physical violence. I had somebody tell me, Pastor, you should further define what you were saying because people think that you should take a, you know, a javelin and go kill all the fornicators. I, I didn't say that, okay. And I, and I don't even believe that. Otherwise, you'd all be dead, mostly. There's other, there are some exceptions. Let's have a praise break. Amen. Praise God. Whoa. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, my. Uh-huh. Yeah. And thank God for the exceptions. 
which hopefully you are now. Praise God for the blood. Washed you white as snow. Let's have a praise break again. Amen. Praise God. All right. All right. All right. In this text, there are plagues breaking out, and they have this intercessors that gather. And they, that's this picture. They're before the, the, the tabernacle, or they're weeping. And what they're doing is they're weeping in the intercession for the plague. Corey Tenboom said, where there's more tears, there'll be more revival. She also said, at the depth of repentance will be the depth of the move of God. We, we need intercessors more than ever before. And I, if you're an intercessor, which all of us are called to be, but some specifically really have a call to travail. And, and this, is, this is a home you'll be welcomed in. I, I thank God. How many of you feel called to be an intercessor? Amen. For this house. Raise your hand high. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. Be empowered. Be strengthened with might. And be filled with joy. We've already won. Come on, somebody say amen. So they're weeping. Weeping endures for a night. Joy comes in the morning. God speaks to Moses to judge those who broke the covenant. And this Israelite man, he is the uh, Phineas. He's the great-grandson. Wait a second. Phineas, the son of Eleazar and the grandson of Aaron. I love this generational thing. I believe that God is raising up your sons and daughters. He's raised, we're all sons and daughters. I believe God is raising us up to be like a Phineas, filled with zeal, declaring the kingdom of God, declaring healing, declaring his word, declaring purity, declaring holiness, and modeling it, and living it, and praying it, and, and declaring it, and not backing off. We cannot back off. We won't back off. That's what God's called us to do. And you say, well, that's kind of intense. I know. Like, when death is on the line, Princess Bride line. And God saw his act. He takes this, he takes a, a, a javelin and he, he follows these two into a tent and he, he skewers them through with one shot, which shows you how close they were. Did you get that? They're embraced. All right. Let me, let me bring this to, to conclusion and make some application. Satan's strategy is to get you to break covenant with God. Satan's strategy is to get me to break covenant with God. I'm just so thankful to go to a church service where a Pentecostal preacher preaches the word and I get convicted about reels. What, 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 if I, what if I just watered that down for a second? What if I just poured water on that conviction? But like, oh, come on, chillax. Then could it be possibly that the enemy had something set for me, that I would end up in a place of defilement that would then maybe sideline me or something I'd have to, you know, repent for in a, in a, in a way that would be um, cataclysmic. Do you understand what I'm saying? All, all along, the Lord will lead you and he will guide you. You say, well, I'm over. I'm, I'm, I ain't ever going to happen to me. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. They all say the same thing. Everyone else says the same thing. Got to be sensitive to his leading. The spirit is leading because, because he will sow, the enemy will sow things in in unusual ways 
to get you to break covenant with God and then you're clobbered. You are absolutely impervious to any curse and to every assignment of hell unless you get out from under the protective covering of God, which can happen in many numerous ways. Thousands have lost out with God. We need a generation like this. I think this is the kind of church we are. Passionate for God's honor. Passionate for God's word. This is the kind of church we are. You're going to hear something that makes you uncomfortable. I hear things coming out of my mouth that makes me uncomfortable. And then I repent. I live holy. I live holy. I don't have things that disqualify me. And yet, there's attitudes that Pastor Karen could tell you all about. There's times that things that, you know... Christian means Christ-like. That's what that means. Hello? Are you all all right? Christian means Christ-like. So if you don't act Christ-like, maybe you should change your name. But that process of sanctification is real. Come on. Look at you two shining people on the front row. Glory to God. Come on. Love that milk dud. looking fresh you have greater maturity greater holiness and purity than you've ever had before do you think back 15 years ago the things that the, that you would walk through i'm not i'm not getting on you it's, it's all of us god leads you you're supposed to become more and more like jesus every circumstances every touch all the things you go through it changes you it changes you He's working in you to make you more like God. Every touch, the circumstances, all the challenges, all the blessings. And if you'll yield to it, has anybody ever talked to somebody who's walked with the Lord for like 60, 70 years? I'm talking on fire. 60, I don't care, Baptist, Pentecostal, a real Christian walk. You look them in the eyes and it is like you're looking in the eyes of Jesus or something. There is a fire. There is something that, does anybody know what I'm talking about? There is a holiness. There's a purity. There's something about them. Why? Because they've been endeavoring to become Christ-like more and more day after day, you know, drawing closer to Jesus. And I want to tell you, I've found, I've found that there's, there, there is nothing like him. Amen. Nothing. There's no one, there's nothing like him. Nothing can, I don't care how good the steak or the chocolate cake, well, chocolate cake on the other hand. No, I don't care how good the food is or how good anything is, nothing is better than Jesus. Nothing's better than him. There's nothing better to lie in my bed at night in the peace of God, in the presence of God. Go to sleep with my wife just purring next to me. And there's nothing like being woken up at 3.33, which seems to happen almost every night. He's like, okay, son, let's do it. And I say, get up and pray, get answers, decree, bind, loose, war. 4.30, 5 o'clock, 5.30 comes around, I get back to sleep. Woohoo! let's get up in a half an hour. Yeah. 
God wants to raise us up to be like Phineas, passionate for his word, passionate. That's for you, dear. God wants us to be passionate for his word, passionate for holiness, passionate for, for prayer, passionate people that stop the plague. Thank God for people who were passionate, who reached out to you, who invited you. You are to be a Phineas. We're a Phineas-type church, passionate to speak God's truth in the midst of a sea of lies. Why? To reach the lost, to transform hearts and minds. You know, sin is all, all sin is is a wrong attempt to get a need met. And if you try to meet that need outside of Jesus, it never works. And you'll just end up cursed and a part of the plague. Get rid of anything. I'm closing. Worship team. Get rid of anything that causes you to compromise. Is there anything in your life that causes you to compromise? Do you, do you watch anything? Are you reading anything? Do you have any relationships? When I first got married, uh, my wife had to help me. I was just, I don't, you know, I was uh, um, overly friendly. Overly friendly with people. And there would be some that would take that the wrong way. And there would be a, occasionally a banter that go back and forth and it could be viewed as flirting. And she would call me out on it, which I didn't like at all. And I'd be like, oh, come on, chillax. People take it the wrong way. Um, you know, no offense to the ladies. I'm just gonna talk to the guys for a second, all right? So just pretend you're at a men's meeting for just a second. If you're interacting with somebody and there's playful banter going on and like the lady starts flipping her hair, I'm just telling you, you're, you're out of bounds, man. It's not, you wanna give us a lesson? You have many lessons to give. Don't stop playing, I'm getting uncomfortable here, man. Hurry up. <laughs> so I had to learn, I had to, I had to learn. I had to learn. I had to learn. I had people mentoring me. I, if, I, if you're a female, I've never given you a compliment. I don't give any females compliments. You might have just done your hair and have a brand new dress. You still look like a man to me. <laughs> Amen. In fact, there's only one woman and all other women are men. Amen. This is my wife right here. Yes, and my mom. Mom, you look lovely. And, uh, and my daughter. I can, I, I can do that also. You have to be careful. <laughs> Let's have another praise break. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus. Help me out, Jesus. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Help me out, God! <laughs> Where are we? It's 837. Pastor Kirsten, do something. Jesus, help us right now. Get rid of compromise. I didn't even know it was compromise and I started realizing, oh, I can see how that would be affection directed at, it, it seems like affection. And so I, I had to learn, I had to learn that. I've learned, right? Amen. 
Thank you, dear. But what is it, maybe, that you have that you need to get rid of? Media team, uh, don't post this. Go back and scratch what I just said so somebody doesn't learn evil, please. Okay. Good. Be excellent in what is good, innocent of evil. Get rid of anything that compromises you. Let people know where you stand on issues and vote for for the love of God, vote, vote, vote the issues. We're right in this election cycle, vote. Let people know where you stand. I surfed for a long period of time. And when I first became a believer, I was still surfing. And I would get, I would get led astray uh, during, I'd go surf and stumble over stuff before I got married. And just people offered me things and I would get stumbled by them. And so I stopped surfing and I was in a service and I heard something like this, you know, let people know where you stand. And the Lord said, you can surf, but I want you to do it differently. I'm like, okay. Next time you surf, just before you get into the lineup, start worshiping and declaring my praises. I'm like, well, that's interesting. Okay. And so I'd started, I never forget the first time I'm paddling out, I'm paddling out. I start getting within earshot of the lineup. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? There's a whole bunch of guys out there. Start back. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Give me a big one. Woo. Yes. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. Everybody's like, freak. And they just kind of fade. They just kind of bob over and be like, and then of course, you know, the Christians are like, what's up, bro? I'm like, hey, what's up? Jesus is good. I'm like, Lord, give me a wave. And then, you know, people would take waves and I'd be out there and I'd get the biggest one. You know, that kind of thing, just favor. Let people know where you stand. Listen, if you're a closet Christian, it's time to come out of the closet everybody else has. Come out. Come out, for God's sake. Come out. I said, come out. Come out. Come out. Come out, Finney. Come on, stand up on your feet. Come out of the closet. Begin to speak and preach and pray. What if they don't like you? They already don't like you. And you'll stand before the court of something that's much greater than public opinion. You'll stand before the living God. Be a Christian. Get rid of compromise. Be a Phineas. Take a look at your life. Go through your house. Look at books. Look at videos. Look at look at your look at your phone. Look at your apps. Get rid of it. Some of you are addicted to video games that you're getting defiled on. Get rid of it. Why? Because I don't want you cursed. I don't want you brought into the plague. I want to be an on-fire church that invades the culture like a javelin right into the culture to release the power of God and end the plague. Let's end the plague. How? Through holiness, through purity, through speaking, through preaching. If they tell us to stop, sorry, I can't. It's against my religion. Far be it for us to obey you rather than God. You can't stop God. And when God's with you, nobody can stop you. How do you stop an apostle Paul? How do you stop a church like ours? I'll tell you how. Get him into sin and then you're done. I've told all of my staff and I'm telling each and every one of you, get sharp. We're going in. We would love to pick you off and have you not be a part of it. As for me and my house, I'm gonna serve the Lord. Can you say a big amen? amen.
Put your hands up. Put a crazy hand clap together for God. Come on. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.